Class One Podcast, the weekly audio program that dares to ask, why the f*** would you surgically implant a Raspberry Pi computer in your leg? The answer is, because you can, my dear boy. Because you can. And now here are the only hosts who have optimized their podcasting schedule to extend their lifespan by uh, 40 minutes or so, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamla. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. In the past, Allie and I were performers, and we used the internet as our script in our show Blogologues, where we performed posts from the internet and uh, did it completely verbatim, wondering who these people could possibly be. Then we made a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we actually interviewed the people behind the post and went on these fun scripted adventures. And now we have Two Girls, One Podcast with The Daily Dot and Matt Silverman. And on this show, we are talking to people from the internet um, and understanding how they come together as communities and around phenomena. So, welcome everyone. Allie and Matt, how are you today? I'm great. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Are we doing scales? Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy we'll have that forever. <laughs> what? Did Matt that, just play that? What was that yes, from? That was not real. I thought Jen just like real. did that. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> it's actually like really amazing. You should play a ghost. <laughs> or like you know fiddler da, 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 husband you know that song oh yeah yes, yeah the, uh, the dream yeah sequence. that's you yeah, totally. yeah. uh um, what, what episode was that what from is that from i was imitating uh, julianne huff yeah that is correct great memory yeah Wait, that, that, this, I don't is, remember this, at this all. is this is jen's impression of how would we describe her? Dancer, actor, singer? Is that is she a triple threat? Love, I think so. I, I yeah. Okay. Sure. Jen doing julianne huff. Uh, when did this happen? I don't know. I forget which episode it was. It was not that long ago. Maybe five episodes you were ago. Talking about a set, like she was on TV or on a news segment doing something mystical, Reiki or something. It was a Reiki like thing that was like moving energy in her body. It was right. Uh, uh, Ali and then she had she an like orgasm. orgasm from it. Okay, yes, yes, I'm yes. Come back, come back, back. She's back. And it sounded a little bit like this. Uh, <laughs> but it does sound like I'm doing scales and or being a ghost. It does. I was like, what is happening? I had somebody tell me my essence. This was years ago. My essence is a Victorian ghost cartoon. They were like, the way you move in the world and speak is like a Victorian ghost cartoon. Wait, I don't know. That it is was... accurate. Accurate. And let's, that let's sounds break this down. fits. Exactly. Okay. I think so too. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> Anyhow. What are well, we doing today? Of Victorian ghost cartoons. <laughs> uh, let's talk about robots. If we can't beat them, do we join them? That's today's mm. topic. Yes. Will we become one of them? Yeah. Big topic. I mean, I think we should, right? Because either we create robots and they kill us all, or we become robots. Yes. I it's yeah sound argument um and the people <laughs> at the forefront of all of this uh, you know thinking about these things well some of them are transhumanists right which is an episode that we did a while ago um go back to that one transhumanism uh but today is all about biohacking which sounds terrifying to me I am so excited about this episode 
Yeah. How would we describe biohacking to people who are not familiar with it? Because there are different ways of doing it. Well, they'll have to stay tuned. And <laughs> no, but, you know, we had a transhumanism episode. I think it was episode 74. I might have made that up. And um, our wow. guest was lovely. You haven't but... slept in months and ha- have <laughs> self, self-identified self as having no memory, but the exact number, you got it. Only because I looked it up for when we pitched this person. <laughs> so, but yeah, we didn't really get into like the implants and body modifications that people are doing. And that's what I'm super super curious about. And I think that that's what we're going to get into today. And I'm excited because this guy we're speaking to today, I feel like we like hit the jackpot. Uh, He recently took over r slash biohackers as a moderator. And I also found him on a forum called biohack.me. He was promoting merch. And I was like, if this dude's promoting merch, he's probably pretty involved. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I also wanted to give a shout out. The community seems super friendly and lovely because I was lurking for insomnia tips, of course. And this guy had, he gave a presentation on biohacks for sleep. Um, and his username is McStuff. And I like stalked him, found his email, wrote him directly. And he wrote back immediately, which was very sweet. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited to learn more about this community. And, um, of course to ask our guest today about insomnia hacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you would definitely biohack yourself, right? Like you would install a machine in your body, like in your fingernail or what? Like, Ali, would you do that? I feel like you would. If it would help me sleep? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what about you? Where do I sign? Yeah. Would you biohack yourself? What are we talking about here? This is like people putting microchips into their bodies anywhere. Microchips. Hands, brains. Yeah. We're probably not brains yet, but that's probably where we're headed, right? Yeah. I think there's also maybe like playing with genetics component of it, perhaps. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think we're, I think CRISPR is a thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also like the pharmacy side of it. I don't know the pills that we take. So we'll see. Right, right. Well, there's, I guess there's, there's other threads of this, which are not as invasive, I guess, which is like, I'm going to exercise the perfect amount and sleep in certain cycles to maximize human potential. And that's like, I'm biohacking my life or whatever, but it, but that's not putting chips in yourself, but maybe you can do both and all that stuff. It's a pretty big spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) Is intermittent fasting technically biohacking? Uh, yeah, by I think that definition. Is. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. like yeah, Jack Dorsey and all that nonsense. I think I'm just right, trying right. to like, yeah, optimize. So mm-hmm. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to this guy. I've really been fascinated by this for a long time because a few years ago I saw a video of someone getting microchipped and I was like, this shit's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you do a pretty good impression of Jack Dorsey, actually. Oh, yeah. Can I hear Let's it? Let's hear it. Okay, just give it to the listeners. Okay, Let's go hear ahead. I think that's spot on. He's such a fool. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't even tell if you did that live or that was the recording. <laughs> it does sound like extremely present right now. All right, wait. Let me let me do. We're, I'm going to do it once, and the recording's going to do it once, and you won't know which is which. And let's see if you can oh, guess. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, that was definitely live. <laughs> I, t- I take it back. I take it back. Big difference. 
Oh, okay. big yep. difference. <laughs> Glad we cleared that, that was, up. That uh, was that was Jen's Jimmy Stewart, and it, I just I can't even. I didn't even know it was it was you. I'm a little rusty on Julianne Huff. I'll keep working on it. <laughs> Rehearsal. Rehearsal. There. I'm gonna skip trivia today because this is a meaty meaty topic. Uh, we've chatted with our guests a little bit ahead of time. We have a lot of ground to cover. Thank so God. Skip trivia. You have a waiver uh, this <laughs> wow. week. However, I would like to share. A little tidbit from now it's a bit of a misnomer this is not a call this is an email we recently got from a new listener this is from Catherine. Catherine says dear Allie and jen thank you for your show it was inspirational caleb is so great and i feel privileged that i can be part of this group and this is uh, in regard to our episode about the Genius Network, uh, which is a social online support group for young stroke victims. Aww. And uh, Catherine wrote in, and and I asked her a little bit more about her situation, she, and she was, uh, she said we we could share a little bit about her personal story. Uh, she says that she had a stroke at thirty after having an aneurysm similar to Caleb, although I think Caleb was a bit younger. The doctors said that I had a migraine for three days, so she says she's lucky to be alive. Uh, she, I had to go through all the rehab and managed to cross my bridges, and with a very supportive mother and father she was able to start her life again. I mean, as Caleb told us, it, it's like wiping everything you thought you knew about your life clean and, and starting over from scratch. And wow. Catherine went through that and she listened to our episode and she wanted to write in and, and, and say thanks for featuring Genius Network. And, and we certainly appreciate that. That's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that, Catherine. Um, I'm curious how you found our podcast and if you've been listening or if you came to us, came to this episode through this topic. So uh, please write back. <laughs> <laughs> That's so lovely. Yeah. Congratulations on making it to the other side, Catherine. Yes, indeed. What a world. Um, anyway, well, on that note. <laughs> cool. Uh a great transition. <laughs> Sorry. Let's uh, let's take a commercial break. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Two Girls, One Podcast is made possible by you, the listeners. And if you love the internet as much as we love talking about it, consider supporting us on Patreon. A lot of work and time go into research, booking guests, recording, editing, and distributing the show. Contributing even one or two dollars per episode is huge in offsetting our production costs. If you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash 2G1P. We'll keep making the show no matter what. But your support allows us to make it even better. Thank you so much for listening. And now a real advertisement entitled Needed Generic Father Figure for Backyard Barbecue Spokane from the website created and optimized for generic father figures Craigslist interested individuals we will be throwing a backyard barbecue on june 17th to celebrate beer and each other we range in age from 21 to 26 and while most of us know how to operate a grill none of us are prepared to fill the role of bbq dad now that being said we are in need of a generic father figure from 4 p.m to about 8 p.m though you may stay the full duration of the party duties include uh, grilling hamburgers and hot dogs, 
whilst drinking beer. Bring in your own grill. Though this is subject to change, we will provide all of the meat. Refer to all attendees as big guy, chief, sport, champ, etc. whilst drinking beer. Talk about dad things like lawnmowers, building your own deck, yeah, Jimmy Buffett, etc. Funny anecdotes are highly encouraged. Also while drinking beer. Desired experience. A minimum of 18 years experience as a father. A minimum of 10 years grilling experience. And appreciation of a nice cold beer on a hot summer day. We can't pay you in uh, money. But we can give you all the food. And cold beer. Your heart desires. Grill for a few hours, then sit back and crack open a few cold ones with the boys. This is a real ad. Do not hesitate to call if you are interested. Preference will be given to applicants named Bill, Randy, or Dave. Now, where do you find these people, honestly? They just contact, the show is so popular. I know. We get contacted, we got a ton of inbound. We got to turn people away from advertising on this show because they just want to get in front of that right audience. Yeah. And we have a lot of dads who listen and, uh, you know, it's, I think I thought it was a great brand fit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I question your judgment, but uh, <laughs> happy we're rolling <laughs> in dough over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to take them up on it until they said, bring your own grill. Like, oh. that's a deal breaker. I can't lug that shit across Matt, across you don't town. have the necessary years of experience. I'm sorry. I, I know. 18 years of dad experience. Yeah, you're I'm, on like I'm underqualified. Yeah, no, you're on like seven true. or eight now. Just, just seven. She just turned seven, actually. Wow. Good to know you'll have a job. Whoa. You'll have a job at all the end of that fathering. Yeah, you can just keep fathering. Yeah, just 11 more years and you can just grill. Well, not if the robots do it. Yeah. Segway. Now um, we're going to join them. You're going to be the first robot dad. <laughs> Cyborg dad. That has to have been a movie from the 80s, right? <laughs> totally. Oh, for sure. For oh. sure. <laughs> Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. Well, on that note, we don't have Cyborg Dad with us today, but we do have the fabulous Quinn Mooney, who is a biohacker and moderator of the Biohacker subreddit. Welcome, Quinn. Hi, it's great to be here. We're so happy to have you. We, as we warned you before we started this interview, want to start fairly general and then get into all the amazing terms and uh, definitions. So can you start by giving us your own brief definition of what biohacking is and uh, talk a little bit about the community? Absolutely. So biohacking is the practice of using artificial or external means to augment and improve your state as a person, not necessarily chemicals or uh, pills or not necessarily, you know, chopping off your arm and putting on a metal one. It shares a philosophy with transhumanism, which is the belief that humanity is moving towards a self-improved future. And eventually it goes as far as, you know, beating death, uh, becoming more than human. We can do this by using technology, just to use a broad term, to evolve ourselves to our liking rather than suffer through natural selection and the pains of being alive. I love it. <laughs> so could you tell us just really briefly how you how you personally got involved in biohacking? Absolutely. So I had a really weird introduction to biohacking. Most people see, you know, a Blade Runner or Ghost in the Shell or, you know, see a news article about somebody putting a magnet in their finger. But I first heard about this by reading a book by Dan Brown. It's in the Da Vinci Code series. 
It's the latest one. It's called Origins. And it was talking about various people that had augmentations and they were the bad guys, but, you know, their philosophy was very interesting. And uh, it was talking about the organization H+, which is... Is that Humanity Plus? Humanity Plus, exactly. Okay. And their beliefs in transhumanism. One of the people had glasses and pads in his fingers to, you know, create an artificial reality environment to text and communicate. And there were quite a few others that I don't remember off the top of my head right now. But I was thinking, is this a real thing? It doesn't sound real. It sounds like something made up. It sounds like some Star Wars sci-fi sort of nonsense. And it was. And I found the biohack.me forums, and I've been in love ever since. How long ago was that? It was about March of 2017. What was your first hack? I think it was the night of my 18th birthday. I had ordered a NFC microchip, and that is in my left hand between my forefinger and thumb in the little fleshy triangle area. I was too cheap to buy one of the good ones from some of the more <laughs> reputable sites. <laughs> Got it on Craigslist? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Directly from China. Yeah, so, you got a good deal from the Chinese government on this Oh, one. yeah. It was like $3. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no. So I was concerned about, you know, lead glass, uh, it being generally not good to put in your body. So that one is okay. I tested it. I used a... Uh, process to test it for lead glass and it was in a sterile package so i also have another one in my right hand now that i got at defcon in las vegas uh wait sorry and what do they do so i can scan these with my phone or another nfc scanner like the the tap to pay or a one of those stickers that you can tap and it brings you to a website uh -huh. but these are a little more open the one on my left hand i can scan it with my phone and it puts on a, a long password onto my clipboard that I wouldn't have remembered otherwise. So your hand has your passwords in it. Exactly. And my right hand has my contact information. Mm. Wow, that's great because I have no memory. Um. Exactly. <laughs> it, it would be great for you. Yeah. And no, the best part I'm... is I can change it at any time. I can scan it with my phone and go into an app and change it to I, I live at the White House now. <laughs> okay <Wow>. we... <laughs> sounds interesting <laughs> i have so many questions because like could someone hack that but i feel like we're already getting ahead of ourselves could someone hack into your your hand <laughs> so i that's i'm glad you asked because that's something that's great to get out of the way there is a ton of fear around these you know and to an extent rightfully so people fear what they don't understand and that is human nature and i don't blame them you see in the movies the recent uh jason bourne movie or no it was mission impossible fallout he had the tracker chip in his neck and that's exactly what the ones in my hand look like mm -hmm. but the difference is that's a prop and these have a read distance of less than an inch and i have full control over everything in them so yes they could be hacked if somebody's within an inch of my hand with a scanner but then you'd see them yeah exactly are, is that transmission encrypted in some way or is it literally like it's just plain text being transmitted from chip to phone and so if someone is physically within the inch they're just reading it or is there some layer of um i mean you wouldn't put a password on your password but some layer of encryption there how, how does so that work these have passwords on them to lock out bits so i don't corrupt them myself messing around but it's uh it's through the nfc standard so that's near field communication and that's got 
a manner that it's not going to be just plain text. But the security about this is if they're going to hack it, they have from the time my hand is touched to their device and it's removed to do anything they want to do to get data off. It's it's not powered unless it's next to a reader. So that's a measure of security. And the other measure of security is, uh, you know, it's inside me and I have the autonomy to know where it goes. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of terminology around biohacking and I just want to make sure that the listeners can follow what the hell is happening. Um, So for instance, I was reading about grinders, which is a place I thought gay men go to fuck, but apparently it's (laughs) also a biohacking term. And I'm going so, to tell you now, there's a lot of overlap. It's a big community. There's a lot of overlap. It's great. There's grinders on Grinder. Absolutely. There's That's more fantastic. than a handful. It's great. Oh, man. So the biggest terminology is what is biohacking actually? You can talk about the philosophy of it and the abstract concept, but to me, it's three subsets. And most people I've talked to agree to an extent. So there's pharmacology, which is uh, along the lines of people taking pills or uh, herbal supplements to make themselves better. And this goes all the way to uh, fitness and red light therapy, things that I haven't seen many claims for. And the pharmacology subset has some awesome things going on, but it can also lead to miracle cures, snake oil. So the second is DIY biology or DIY bio, and that's amateur biology, genetics, and uh, chemistry. And there are some great people doing amazing things out of their garage or home lab. Uh, And we can come back to this because there's a million great projects. But the subset that I am most involved in is grinders or grinding, and that's augmenting the body with technology usually implanted. And this can be as simple as the microchips, which they are very simple all the way up to large magnets. Uh, and I, in May, I am getting a full computer in my leg. What? Whoa. Yes. This is a project run by a, a couple good friends of mine. Uh, it's the Peg Leg. So Peg Leg is a implanted Raspberry Pi Zero, which is a small computer about the size of two sticks of gum next to each other. In May, I'll be getting that in my upper thigh. Okay, first question... Uh, can I emulate Super Nintendo games on your leg? Because that's really my that's my priority here. I see no reason why you couldn't with a wireless display and yes. a Bluetooth controller. I I, I right. probably will be playing Doom on my leg. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, it's it the best How benchmark. Does this work. <laughs> it is okay. The <laughs> it is. It is the benchmark. It's either that or Crisis, and I don't think my leg can run Crisis. No, no, no. You're gonna need a beefier machine for that. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe in a couple of years, but you know. So it's a Raspberry Pi. Are you guys familiar with those? They're delicious. But other than that, I don't know. (laughs) I've heard about this, but I don't know. So a Raspberry Pi is a single board computer. So imagine a almost a smartphone, no screen, no battery, none of the casing, just a bare circuit board. And it's the power of a a smartphone from 2015-ish. And it runs Linux. So pretty bare bones and you install the operating system on a micro sd card slide it in and it is a single board computer that you can do anything with there are people who have you know made furbies into a pipe organ stuff oh, that's, that's that's where i know about it because i saw the weird furby experiments that's just the tip of the iceberg it can do so much it is incredible 
this is maybe too layman, but I assume a lot of our listeners also are in this boat. But how does this work? So you have the computer on your leg and then you can just like project it anywhere? Okay. So the basis of this entire thing is a piece of software called Pirate Box. Uh And Pirate Box is, I'll use their words to describe it, you know? Pirate Box is a DIY anonymous offline file sharing and communication system built with free software and inexpensive off-the-shelf hardware. What they mean by that is that your Pirate Box, be it battery-powered or plugged into the wall, creates its own Wi-Fi network that isn't connected to the internet. So it's the signal from a Wi-Fi router, 2.4 gigahertz, and your phone can connect to that, and you access the storage and the applets on the box. So there's a forum on there, there's a chat network, and multiple of these can mesh together to create an almost intranet. So you're getting the internet installed in your leg? Kind of. It's a it's a mini offline internet, which is kind of interesting to think of now, because now when we think of Wi-Fi or an, an internet in general, lowercase i, it's the internet, the World Wide Web. It's everything you access when you connect to the grid. And this is an off-the-grid analog to that uh, variation of multiple devices connecting to each other over a network. Okay, I guess I'm a little confused because my mind still associates a mini computer with having a screen. Like I, So you use this as like a hub, basically, to connect other devices? So the interesting part about Raspberry Pis is they don't need a screen to work. They run headless, is what it's called. So you can access them from another device that's its own computer. So I can pick up my phone, connect to the Wi-Fi network, and go to the web page or access it through code. And I can do pretty much anything to that device while I'm connected to it. And none of this is going to be powered internally. It all uses wireless power from a battery bank. Because batteries are scary especially inside you mm-hmm. i was yeah i was about we to don't ask. want a note seven incident oh uh, where your leg blows up <laughs> yeah that'd be fun <laughs> but you know yeah. can you describe a little bit more of what this looks like in your actual leg like where on your leg is this going to be who how, who installs it it does verizon come over like how do they how do they actually get this in your leg <laughs> so you don't want to put a bare circuit board in your leg yeah that is you know, bad practice. Uh, so a friend of mine is coding it in a resin that's used in uh, dentistry. It's one of those resins where if you have a filling, uh, they'll go in and squirt it in and use that UV wand. Wait 10 seconds and then it's cured and it's hard and like tooth. This will take a little longer than 10 seconds. And he's actually doing it right now out in California. That resin is biosafe, which is exactly what you need for your leg. And when I go out in May to the yearly meetup, I'll be going out for the first time. I couldn't make it last year. It's called Grindfest. And it I've been looking for forward games. to it for two years. <laughs> yeah. I know, but seriously, like how many gay men show up like thinking it's an orgy? <laughs> I don't think they've had one yet, but I will say that the community is very, very much comprised of lgbt members it's yeah as it should i would just think grindfest is a place for fucking you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i would guess that too if i didn't know what i was talking about Mm -hmm. yeah you can get porn on a raspberry pi that's it's no no reason why you can't oh my god how much porn is in your leg (laughs) none yet (laughs) 
<laughs> soon. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Can we just back it up though? Because I'm still fucking confused. I want to pretend that I understand and do that I, smile I'm and sorry. nod. I'm sorry. I've been. It's a no, bit of a long story. You're beautiful. Story. You're beautiful. Listen. Give me just like three examples of what you can do with these sticks of gum in your leg. Right. Okay. So, uh, I can uh, store files on them a half terabyte worth. Okay. I can store. It, 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 for the files, I can have a bunch of movies that I very legally got, uh, and I can play them on a TV. Okay, so it's basically an external hard drive in your leg with a little more. Once, okay, I'm not. I haven't seen the final software that they've created for this, but it will eventually be able to communicate with other pirate boxes and do the mesh networking. So we can have four cyborgs stand in a line and get a bigger Wi-Fi network. Oh, so if you are hanging out with other cyborgs your legs exactly. will combine it's like leg voltron <laughs> yeah yeah but are you worried about the other leg magnets banding together and taking over the humans or i'm getting ahead uh, of myself eventually eventually <laughs> we'll have just four legs hopping around it'll be like a, a christmas story the leg lamp that'll be their master <laughs> i just want to ask a, 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 a larger question here which i think ali and jen are maybe dancing around which is why Meaning, <laughs> no, I just literally is... like was confused on the practicality, but totally, yeah. totally. I I'm jamming with you on the practicality as someone who like doesn't, I see a future where I don't want to own computers. I just want to stream things from other servers and get all the stuff local and, and remote. I understand all the things that you are doing with it, but you're saying, oh, it needs power from a, from a wireless battery, which I need to hold. And it's like, I was basically I'm, I'm sitting here being like you know you can just run a raspberry pi outside every bot or two and get all the cool stuff like you That's can do what the some same of my thing friends have said you know why why, why put it in your it in, leg why put it inside yeah so there's a couple of reasons one of them is the people that are doing this you know are the teslas and edisons and people who came before them the the people whose ideas tesla and edison stole these are the ground zero breaking the the breaking the bleeding edge of what this technology can do we can't become and, one with the robots if we don't start here exactly and this is the messy shocking and elephant for display era of biohacking and it's wonderful and raw but doing this now has reasons for why that aren't fully there yet i can say this is in my leg because I can keep my data on me at all times, and it's uh, completely passive once the power is removed, and I can have full control over my data. Or it could be, I'm going to North Korea, and I want them all to see the movie Her, you know? Mm -hmm. The why is partly because I can, partly because it's cool, and three, it's another one of those things. Now my body is not just my memory. I have more memory than I did before. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, okay, wait, let's back up a little. Okay, so there's, there's grinders. People are augmenting their body, pharmacology, popping pills. DIY bio is amateur biology. Um, and then I also read about, no. I'm going to mispronounce this, nootropics? Nope. Nootropics. What's yeah, what's that? Uh, that's in pharmacology. Those are brain, brain pills is the best way to describe it. Have you seen uh, the show Limitless, where the guy takes the pill and he's a genius? No, but I want that. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the goal, but nothing is even close to there yet. 
some of these things are great, you know? Some of them are the natural version of amphetamines. Uh, and they make you focus way better, but none of them are what you really want. Yeah, I think we definitely want to talk about crackpot science. I just really quickly wanted to rapid fire quiz Ali on all of the terms that we just learned. Really quickly. Okay, before yeah, we move sure. on. okay so Ali, uh, nootropics, go. Brain pills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pharmacology, go. More pills. Uh, DIY bio. <laughs> uh, you making the volcano in your garage. And that was pretty good. And grinders, go. Gay men fucking. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, okay, no, but I got to know, what's red light therapy? There was studies done on low-level laser therapy. And that is uh, using lasers to, you know, make things happen in the body, you know, whether it's the helping cystic acne or fibromyalgia. I haven't read enough of the research to tell you exactly what it can do but i can tell you exactly what it can't do because that's what i've been having to research to try to make sure the forum stays sane and bring it back to what it could be these are just a handful of things i've seen claimed replace your cup of coffee in the morning it can uh cure cancer anxiety depression aids it's aids pretty annoying you know <laughs> okay yeah. And yeah. not everybody says it does this. And, you know, red light is great because I can turn on the red light in my bathroom that I've screwed into the ceiling at night and I, I don't get woken up. You know, that's a proven use of it. <laughs> fighter pilots in World War One had red light dials on their fighter planes, made it so that they could see their instruments after the gunfire. You know, the huh. bright flash and they could still see red. Ah, uh, But yeah. You know, it's a very, you know, there are a couple legitimate uses. I couldn't tell you what they are right now. So what I hear you saying is you don't have to put on the red light, Roxanne. <laughs> oh, I proved that reference. You don't have to sell your body to the night either. <laughs> no, good. Thank you. <sighs> that was great. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's talk about the communities a little bit. So I I stalked you. I found you on oh, you bio. Did. <laughs> Yeah, I found you on biohack.me, as you know, because yes. you were you were pushing merch and I was like, if this guy's pushing merch, he's like pretty involved. <laughs> and then but then you also recently took over the Reddit community. Yes. That was a trip. Yeah, tell us about that. So I was have been part of it for a, a couple of years now, and I was getting so fed up with people in general. They are the worst. And worst. I know. You know, just get rid of all of them. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> it was frustrating to be a part of and not have anything to, to be able to stop it. I was reporting things that were just blatantly annoying and wrong and bizarre. Because biohacking is, at its core, science. And there was very little of that. A lot of goop. Exactly. Oh, my God. That is such a good comparison. Gwyneth Paltrow is going to start selling biohacking stuff. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think she probably uh, is. Yeah. But I saw that there were no moderators who had been active for a year or two now. All of them. There was one last active seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It's so it's I still am not top mod because I can't get them out of there. Their accounts are not even active. So if anybody who used to moderate the biohackers subreddit still uh, still out there and listening to this podcast, please let me know <laughs> yeah you know so how do you crack down on crackpot science slowly it's impossible and you 
you know, you take breaks because I've brought on another moderator. He reached out to me. He's great. Uh, Max, he's wonderful. And he's been doing it because, you know, it's hard to focus on something as big as the forum when you have a life outside of the internet. That's got to be so hard to control and vet though, because I don't know, like when I try to find stuff on the internet, it's like you could find anything supporting whatever you want. You know what I mean? So how do you, cause it, cause this could be dangerous if it's not really, it really could Mm -hmm. be. And that's why here I'll segue into this. That, That is a general issue with any philosophy, but transhumanism in general is dangerous in that it's promoting something being better than something else and it's also messing with the human body it's a breeding ground for crackpot science and eugenics too you know Uh that's you know part of the origination of this some of the people were racist undesirable in that factor you know if not you know just completely crazy you know and we don't like that that is not something that i support and any of the people who I associate with support. Yeah, that's good because we'd probably have to end the interview and it'd be really awkward. I know. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But there's uh, a nonprofit that some of my friends started and it's the Human Augmentation Institute. It's at humanaug.org if you guys want to check it out. And they've created a code of ethics for the community. And this has been a long time coming and it's wonderful. So we actually have a question from our Discord now from Zichi, um, who would like to know the amount of research that goes into the health side effects and the stats behind the risks. But basically, they're wondering if you could explain your version of, quote unquote, clinical trials confirming effectiveness of implants. Yes. Uh, so that's hard, but you don't have, you know, as many resources as a traditional medical establishment. But that's not to say that it doesn't happen at all. It has gone from a good friend of mine left. It was in its apartment, cutting its fingers open with a scalpel and coating magnets with uh, moldable silicone and stuffing them in there. You can find its testimony anywhere on the internet. Left Anonym, which is L-E-P-H-T-A-N-O-N-Y-M. And Left is the, the pioneer in cutting themselves open. And it's gone from her getting sepsis in her hands to glass-coated uh, injectable magnet assemblies. And that's only been able to happen through testing through various external means, uh, using things that have already been tested through academia and the medical establishment. You know, That's very useful to us. So using titanium, titanium nitride, resins, silicones that work and are safe. And then once we are sure that it's safe, usually the person that developed it puts it in themselves. They are one of, if not the first person, to test it on themselves. And like me, I got that cheap Chinese NFC chip, and I bought all the reagents to test lead glass that they use in crime scene investigations. Oh my gosh. So that was glacial acetic acid and uh, sodium rhodesinate, which is you soak the glass in the acid and then you put in this indicator powder. I was able to do that all in my kitchen. Oh my gosh. That seems unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, 
<laughs> sort of reminding me though of like when people have like home birds in their living room. I'm like, don't do this. Um, okay, <laughs> so. No, but l- let me just add one more quip about it. it. It's health is the most important aspect of this. You know, I am completely fine not glowing or having a storage in my leg. You know, there is no need for that. It is what I want to do and what I think is the future. But if I have the risk of losing my leg, even though I could put on a pretty cool prosthetic, I, I, I don't want to. That's the most important thing. And that's why whenever a new product or implant is developed, that is, is it safe? Can I reasonably put this in my body? There's been companies that have created glowing implants. They look like the microchip in my hand, which is a glass capsule the size of a grain of rice or a little bit bigger, like an orzo with rounded ends. And it had a a radioactive version of uh, hydrogen in it, tritium. Inside that capsule, it was two capsules inside each other. Tritium that decays and excites phosphorus coating that then glows. And then this is all in a lead glass capsule inside and then a bioglass capsule. And that is scary. Radiation, lead, all in your body. That's, that's not something you want to take lightly. So that went through years of testing. By whom? By Alex Smith at CyberEyes.me, by Dangerous Things, which is the primary spot to get most of the chips and magnets that almost everybody has bought something from Dangerous Things in the community. I don't know anybody who hasn't. That's part of the biohacking community. Well, we have a million things we still want to ask you. So can you tell us about some of the most popular body modifications and hacks? Absolutely. So there are a million and one implants. There's currently a spreadsheet being made by myself and somebody on the biohack.me forums. So the most popular is probably the XNT or XEM chips. And one of them does NFC, like I have. And like I said, you can scan it with your phone. You can use the wavelength that that works at. And the other one works with RFID, which is radio frequency. And that's uh, a low frequency chip. So that's used for access to an office building. Sometimes it's the uh, opener on your, your car and your car key fob, you know, so it senses that you're next to it. That's sometimes uh, RFID rather than NFC. Those are the two most common, as well as magnets, which currently we're in kind of a a drought because a lot of the uh, coding methods are, they're not perfect by any means, and a lot of people have decided that that's just not the way to go. So there aren't any on the market right now. Um, In my bedroom, I have a smart bulb and it stopped working and I have uh, deleted the app and re-downloaded it and tried about 13 million times to get my smart bulb to start working again. So are you concerned that like any of these magnets and chips stop working and then do you literally have to take them out of your body to reboot it. Cause the thing is like technology is so advanced and magical and then kind of still idiotic. So <laughs> it, uh, yeah, that's a big part of it. You know, like, can you take it out, blow on the cartridge, put it back in your hands? Like how does this work? <laughs> it, once it's in, it's in. And once it's out, it's out. So what if it starts malfunctioning? Uh, you try your best to do it while it's still inside you. There's no danger from the chips, the magnets, the worst that can happen is the coding fails. And then if it does, or if, you know, your implants bricked and you want to take it out, you could leave it in there as just a lump, but yeah. you take a scalpel and pull it out. Oof. Yikes. Oof. 
Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty painful. Um, what are some of the most extreme modifications or hacks? Oh, these are great. Oh, <laughs> man, they're so, so good. So my favorite that's just gets you viscerally mm-hmm. is either Tim Cannon. He works at Grindhouse Wetware. He's founded it. He is awesome. It's the Circadi implant that he did. It was way back 2012-ish or maybe a little before. It's a large lump in his forearm, a box. And that was, at that point, that was what was needed to do blood pressure, heart rate, uh, temperature. And I think that was it. And send it over to a tiny tablet. And that is just, wow, we have come so far. Because the same people spun off into a company that is doing, it's called Embedivet, and it's embedded sensors in cows. And they're working with the Australia meat producers association whatever that is to do herd counts and herd temperature the position of the cow to tell if it's hurt or not and the other one that just screams cyberpunk is called north star and it's this circle uh, about the size of a half dollar in the back of your hand it's huge and the original one all it did was light up with three leds and it was a, a proof of concept. I think it, and it turns on and off with a magnet in your finger. Why? It, that was a proof of concept. They're working on the second one right now and they can't figure out a way to, you know, make it work with regulatory stuff. I encourage you to look it up right now. Look up North Star Implant and just, I want to see your reactions to this. It Hold is. On. You know, you can't see us, right? Yeah. I know, but I can hear your. Oh. And, uh, I know, just kidding. I'm doing it. North- Wait, I'm. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That would kill it, Burning Man. So oh, their yeah. skin lights up. That's three LEDs and a hockey puck underneath the, oh the, the back of your hand. Oh, oh that's so that's cool and so it's fucking really, gross. Really I know. It's really tough. It's also, pretty gnarly. This cow thing that you just mentioned made me suddenly realize that if these types of um, biomonitoring, like heart rate, health, and such, if these were super mainstream, like fast forward 100 years where it's the default and everyone mm-hmm. has them, we could stop coronavirus in a second exactly. because the grid or the CDC would instantly know who has it. You'd make sure that they were okay, treat them, and we would never have the flu or disease and outbreaks again. that is again. the best case scenario. But then the government is listening to every heartbeat of every citizen. And that's I'm also looking at these images and kind of horrified. <laughs> They're just like so bruised and bloody. Mm, yeah. The one with the tattoo over the top and the forearm, If it's probably on that image search that's the circadia i'm watching a video oh okay so the cool thing about the embedded is that if it can go into humans it can go into cows right there's no real difference you know we're both made of red meat and it's actually in a human right now and that's what they tested first <laughs> so my friend bird uh she works at uh embedded at uh livestock labs she has one in her in her outside of her forearm and it is gnarly, and it looks really cool. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I could go down this wormhole for a long time, but I actually, we talked a lot about the implants. I wanted to know just a couple DIY bio or nootropics uh, examples. Yeah. One of the main uh, collaborators on Pegleg, Michael, he founded Four Thieves Vinegar Collective, and they do basically nonprofit uh, medication-related projects. So he made the EpiPencil, 
which is a open source 3D printed using uh, just a vial of insulin that you can get for $30 rather than $300. And it's loaded into this injector assembly and it's an EpiPen, but open source and do it yourself. That is really fucking cool, except how do we know it's safe? Because the only part that's moving is the, the thing that pushes down the plunger. And he did so much testing on that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. And he also did, um, it's a, a, a board that you populate with your own electronics. You solder on all the pieces. And it does one pop manufacturing of common life-saving drugs. And he's shipped this off to places where they don't have access to it. And it's like almost a 3D printer for medication. It's got the reaction vessel and it adds things automatically. And it does the, the reactions that you can do in one vessel without changing stuff out. So it allows people who know nothing about this to make life-saving medication. How does this work with like FDA approval? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was You're doing the same it yourself. Thing. And uh, a lot of the devices went to places where there is no FDA. But if I make my own medication for myself, it's completely illegal. I was at a amazing conference in uh, Pittsburgh, and we did an entire talk session of making uh, birth control pills, uh, pressing the ingredients that were shipped from India somewhere into birth control pills. And obviously, I don't need them, but you know, it was fun to press the pills. But the ability to make your own meds or places in the country where they don't have that access yeah it just seems a little dangerous because like i shouldn't be uh, trusted to do any kind of chemistry in my living room you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so so you but how do you get the medicine part oh india uh, like you know you it's the same place that you can buy you know generic viagra or whatever they have pharmacies where you know either you video call or some of these aren't restricted they're not scheduled they're not FDA restricted. But are you saying it's technically legal? Because I guess I'm wondering here, like you, I, I suppose, I presume you are, f you personally are free to cut open your own body or theoretically yes. put anything you want in your own body. Although we know that's not true because you're not allowed to put heroin in your own body, even though, yeah. you know, you probably should be able to if you want to. But exactly. point being, there's obviously a community here and there are people who are saying, well, I'll teach you this and you'll do that and you'll do it to yourself. And uh, I'll, I'll cut you open, you cut me up. And the FDA has to reg is should be regulating this stuff. That's how medicine works. So like I, what am I get, I'm getting at is like some of this stuff is technically not quote unquote legal. Or the, is it? The majority of things that we do is legal. You know, the FDA regulates medical practitioners and people trying to be a, a practitioner of a variety of medicines. So they regulate if a company can say that their mineral water cures cancer. It can't. So And they're trying to practice medicine. But nothing we do affects that. I have the full autonomy to cut myself open. There was a law trying to be passed in Nevada that would outlaw voluntary and involuntary uh, implants. I'm fine with involuntary, but then the, mm -hmm. the line starts slipping. And a good friend of mine, Anastasia Sen, she's a magician in Vegas. She went to the state legislature and she told them that she'd put a bunch of, if they passed this, they'd put a bunch of magicians out of work. They have implants? Some of them do. She does. 
She has like one to, of the more implants than almost anybody else. She has like 30 now. You mean to like help her do magic? Some of them, yeah. She's getting a really cool device. I won't spoil it. That's <laughs> that's her, but that one will be an amazing trick. But um, I guess my question here is like, unless she is doing all the cutting and suturing and anesthesia herself, someone else must be doing it for with her or for her. And while there's a trust there and there's an understanding there, like if something goes wrong, that surgeon, quote unquote, would be liable and there are lawsuits and problems there. And so I, there, there must be a regulatory shitstorm coming. It definitely will be. But as of now, it can fall under um, body modification. The, mm-hmm. the artists that do things like this are way scarier, in my opinion. You know, splitting a tongue is much scarier than. I guess, I guess you can injector. get a tattoo. Do tattoo artists need licenses? They probably they in must, some right? states, yes. Yeah, mm. but we do have people in the community that are part of a medical field, and mm-hmm. there are have been issues with that sort of thing. As of now, you know, there are some things that you can't do. I can't inject somebody else with lidocaine, or, or apply lidocaine that isn't over the counter, even though I can buy. 1% Lido or 2%, you know, and I can inject that into myself. That's legal. Mm-hmm. 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 I did for a magnet implant that went wrong. You know, I didn't dig out the pocket deep enough, but that is completely legal. You just can't give it to somebody else because then that's practicing medicine. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just weird. Cause like I saw that news thing about this woman who had uh, ass implants and it turned out they were made of sand. Ooh. Oh, God, that's... Who did that? <laughs> that's what I did to that. All right, oh, I have more questions for you, so we wait, can wait. have fun. Okay. What's the deal with CRISPR? Can we CRISPR yeah, ourselves? what's the deal with CRISPR? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is super cool. There's uh, another guy in the DIY bio scene who's uh, done a ton of great work uh, CRISPRing uh, Mastiffs and other dogs that have a ton of hereditary issues. And he's keeping the desirable characteristics that have been bred in, but trying to breed out issues with the dogs that have come due to inbreeding or you know being you know purebred or just the fact that at the cost of one thing you know they've got hip dysplasia so he's been doing that and he just recently published a video with his findings on editing himself with editing a gene that is called folostatin 344 if i remember right and that regulates metabolism and the amount of muscle your body can grow through something called myostatin, which has already been done, but it's been hard because it's localized. So he went to the root of myostatin, which is, you know, use folostatin to trigger myostatin. And it's, he's lost weight. He says that his folostatin levels are up. It's, it's very promising looking. Whoa. Wait, so he CRISPR'd himself. How, how does that work? Like how? So CRISPR works using a viral vector most of the time, which is a virus. And are you familiar with how viruses work? They attack a specific cell, mm-hmm. inject their payload into the cell, and that replicates. And they usually the cell bursts and those go and do the same thing to other cells. That is so rapey. It really is. Viruses are definitely not from this planet, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, so you inject a virus into yourself. Okay, so CRISPR is not a, a chemical or something abstract. It is a specific, um, it's uh, the one that's most used is the Cas9 enzyme. 
and that is a pair of scissors that cuts the DNA in a specific place. Now, I am not very well versed in this, but I know just enough to explain it to you guys. Okay. Imagine a piece of DNA. It cuts one side of the DNA. And sometimes you can fit the other part that you want to replace it with inside the virus. Sometimes you can't, and you've got to send in a second virus that then puts this DNA in. And it's not their payload that they do to create more viruses. This is myostat to make you have bigger muscles. And that goes in and it fills the gap. And then the cell replicates that DNA like it normally does. And it checks and replicates. And this happens over and over again in other cells because of the amount of the virus. And it's like a zipper. Unzip the zipper, replace three or four of the zipper teeth, put it back in. And then when you zip it back up, the other side zipper teeth change. And now you've got the, the, the new zipper that gives you big muscles. I need to be crispered to sleep at night. How can I do this? Oh, man. I mean, we're joking, but that is your answer, though. I'm not in all kidding. seriousness. Yeah. It's, it's not a, joke. a real deal. I have severe insomnia. It runs in my family. It's definitely genetic. I need to be crispered. See, that's not a good question for me, but. God damn it! I can. I, I will talk to somebody about this because that's fascinating, you know? I, I'd love to figure out if what it would be. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I will love you forever. If I can help you with this, you know, this would be pretty cool. Stay I want to be crispered we'll out of insomnia. Up. I'm going to talk to you yeah. about this seriously after the podcast because yeah. I need to be genetically modified because uh, my twin also doesn't sleep. It's like a thing. Like there's something wrong with my genes. Oh, man. Now you can say that you're a GMO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is, right. okay, we, being genetically modified is an issue, you know? You've got to be careful not to do something that's hereditary, which is mm. usually easy, but, you know, there is mm. another way to do genetic editing that's a gene drive that could you know pass on your accidental mutation to your child and their child and their child and you so know? you mean i could cut insomnia out of my family line yeah but it's uh, i don't think you'd find a single person who's willing to do uh, something it's okay, like that I'm probably not gonna procreate it's just me <laughs> although honestly yeah. if my nieces and nephews get this gene we're gonna need it for them too yeah hell on earth but um so yeah if you want i would do any experiments related to insomnia but i can email you about that separately because i'm dead serious yeah sure can we call it crispied crispied i want to be crispered i want to be i think oh yeah crisper fried i just (laughs) saw somebody do a uh, a parody cover of careless whisper and it was careless crisper (laughs) (laughs) and it was genius Oh, this is so fascinating, but I think we have to wrap it up. So I, I don't know about you, Jen, but I wanted to end with, you know, just newbies looking to get involved with biohacking. I assume the easiest way are, are the supplements and things like that. What are some really common, easy things that people can get started with? So I would advise figuring out what you want to do. What do you want to augment? What do you want to, how do you want to make yourself better? Sleep. Okay, got it. If you want to sleep or if mm-hmm. you want to unlock your phone or feel magnetic fields of the fingertip magnet. I'm still going to sleep. I, I, I would too, you know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I would recommend coming to the biohack.me forums and reading through. That's how I've gotten most of my information, most of my knowledge is just going through the backlogs or look up biohacking and enter your keyword because 
there's a million things to do. And if you have an idea, come on, make an account, post your idea. It's, you know, and if they're always search first, please, for our sanity, there's always great answers that people have asked already. You know, if you've got an itch to do something like this, just just search for it. Well, actually, one more because we had a ton of uh, questions from our Discord, which we didn't even get to. But I'm just going to ask one from I Chad. Love How this much one. trouble <laughs> do you have getting through airport security? <laughs> None. Mm. Uh-huh. Which is awesome. Even some of the people with the peg legs or the large box box implants have little to no issue. It's really funny. You think there would be awesome and fucking terrifying because. When this becomes the norm and mainstream, which I, I do feel like it, we're headed towards it. The whole our whole security apparatus will need to be re rethought. Exactly, which is I guess not a bad thing. But no, it's yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. Quinn, what do your parents think about all of this? So my mom is a pediatrician. Oh, and my dad was a nurse, and then he was a lawyer, and now he's a stay at home dad. But so I, I've I was born into a very medical family. So they are supportive, but not encouraging of it. They, they don't really <laughs> like the fact that I'm doing this. You know, they're like, oh, very nice, honey, for some of it. And, <laughs> you know, they're scared. They're, they don't want me to hurt myself, which is, makes a lot of sense. I'd be a little more worried if they were actually okay with all of this. So going back to our Discord, we had a question from Almost Shorely, who said, I'm curious how biohackers are interfacing with their modifications more than just implanting. Implanting chips and tags is one thing, but interacting with the implants through muscles or nerves is another. This, that's a very, very hot topic right now. There's uh, something I'm working on that will emulate uh, your credit card and you can use it for payment, which has always been a goal and hasn't happened yet. The question is, you can't have a button under yourself, really. All of the codecs are rigid. So how do you make this work? None of them are down under the muscle or near anywhere near bone or under. The only nerves you'll go under are under your skin. It's a subdermal. So there are a couple ways to interface with it. One of them is to power them and then their signal be the interface. So by powering them, you turn them on, like the peg leg. The, another way to do it, like the North Star, is a, a hall sensor which senses a magnet so you put your magnet to it it turns it on another one turns it off three times you know hop three times and then you'll do the cha-cha slide right. <laughs> i got that part so what this is also from chad from our discord what hacks do you think will be common in the future oh in the future there's a new line of microchips coming out from dangerous things that i am very excited for some really interesting things that I don't think many people have seen before. I haven't taken a look or even been able to see what they are, but there's some cool cryptographic elements, some possible payment, and these ones will be able to run Java applets. Coming in the future, I'm working on, again, that uh, magnet credit card emulator. It'll work like Samsung Pay, so you don't tap. This one works on any reader, and it pretends that you've swiped a mag, uh, MagStripe card. The one that I'm most excited for if it ever does come out is the North Star 2. Those are all specific implants, but for topics, it'll be payment. Uh, I'm guessing some very interesting aesthetic ones. So very interesting lights, bigger storage. The goal is to have a full body network of collaborative implants. 
and you know you can't wire through your body very so that's what's coming soon all right well i look forward to becoming one with the robots (laughs) oh me too thank you very much for having me thank you quinn it's been a pleasure To get crispied. <laughs> <laughs> Snap, I'm crackle, pop. Email them stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snap, crackle, pop me to sleep. <laughs> I've been popping. I just need the snap and the crackle. You've no, been popping. I never, th- I never thought about uh, the idea of like, okay, just change your DNA for some medical issue, but some things you change which are hereditary and some things are not. So you could change yourself, but not your. Children, like, whoa, 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 mind is expanding. Isn't popping a lunar term, Allie? Have you been popping? Yeah, I've been masturbating to balloons, hoping that'll put me to sleep. <laughs> Have you? I mean, <laughs> seems like it might work. I mean, it hasn't, but it's been fun. <laughs> no, I was referring to popping pharmaceuticals, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Cool. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was exciting. Yeah. I'm gonna email him info and uh, good luck to Quinn with the computer in his leg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my question that we didn't get a chance to ask. Like, I know he's just doing it to do it, and I get that. But if as computers get super small and powerful, couldn't you just wear them in your clothes, or even just get them like tattooed or carry on, it like why inside in your hand? like yes. a phone perhaps? And look, I, I understand this transition from like, I don't want to hold a phone. I just want to be free and be able to access data and the internet from my eyeballs and all that. But the going inside with the knife is, gonna, is going to be a generational uh, challenge, I think, for, right. for most people. Like, I won't even get a tattoo. I remember braces feeling really weird. Like, any way that I've tried to augment things I don't like. So, I don't know. Maybe not for me, but I could be convinced, but not yet. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I think, that, I think that as he was saying, it's like someone has to be the pioneer uh, now and like get cut yes. open. But later, it's gonna be like it'll just be so much less invasive. You know what I mean? Totally. Like there's there's already like tattoos with sensors and stuff, and it'll just be so easy to do that. Then mm-hmm. people will start doing it. Well, here's the other thing. I'm loving this open source culture. I love open source culture in general, but this idea that the current biohacking movement is open source. It's my friend who did a mod and hacked it and now I got it in my leg, whatever. But eventually we'll get to the Apple iChip and that is the point at which the mainstream will accept the idea that it's okay to put the chip in. And then it will become much more prevalent and we will be able to solve a lot of cool problems and be much more connected. But but then we run into the same issue we have with the internet and with with current devices, which is like when corporations control them, that's the, it's a privacy disaster and, and all this bad stuff. So uh, is that inevitable? Yeah. Yes. It seems like it is. Yeah. Uh, but there are plenty of people out there like me who still have an iPhone 5 who probably will not get the <laughs> Wait, chip even when it's offered. you have an iPhone 5? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Does it still work? It does. I can actually plug a cord into it. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, uh, although, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I had the iPhone SE till pretty recently, but it was like not working. So I had to go get the iPhone 8. 
I see. <laughs> I know it's going to die eventually, but uh, there will be some holdouts. But yes, it, it is inevitable, Matt. I think. <laughs> Anyhow, we want to hear what you all think about this. And, you know, would you implant a chip in yourself, for example, if that became widely available? Are you already biohacking and how are you doing that? Um, as always, you can tweet at us. I'm at June Bugger. I'm at Allie Gold. And you can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com, much like Catherine from the beginning of today's episode. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so please send us a message and you can text us or call us. And that number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. Finally, join us on our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P, where fans of the show, listeners, and us are congregating. Um, in fact, sometimes we even have guests pop in there. And talk about the show's topics, other things, and also suggest ideas for future shows. We would love to see you there. And Ali, if they want to contribute to us, how do they do it? You can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P, and we hope that you will. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. See ya. One podcast is hosted by Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg, then activated by a tiny NFC chip implanted in your brain. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett. Etc.